0: This is the Minnesota Beer Cast. Welcome to another edition of Minnesota's premier show for all things craft beer, spirits, food, cheese, cigars, wine, whatever we're in the mood for to talk about this week. I am Drew from Justice and Drew. That's my co-host, Schmitty. Hey, hey. What's up, buddy? Just uh, recording another beer cast, man. (laughs) That is is an accurate description of what we are doing. We are back in the studio this week after a, a few episodes out and about. Yeah. It was a busy couple of weeks for us. We've got some more uh, some more stuff coming up out and about. Yeah, let's uh let's take a moment here and just uh just promo our our, our inaugural uh Minnesota beer cast chili throwdown. Right. Uh, happening November tenth mm-hmm. at Bauhaus Brew Labs. Mm-hmm. Pretty excited by that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, That's... I'm gonna spank you so hard, dude! You have no idea what you're in for. You are, <laughs> you are in so much trouble. With your chili's just gonna, your chili's gonna walk out embarrassed. Like it's gonna grow legs, get up, and walk out and be like, "I have no business being here." So, some key
1: details on the event: uh, chili will be available uh, about seven o'clock. Uh, we're gonna each have a chili there, and we're gonna have some friends of the show uh, make some chili, bring some chili. Uh, there will be a, a box for donations or canned good. Uh, that's going to go towards Finnegan's. They're, uh, they're also going to provide a chili and get in on the action. Um, so it's going to be a good cause. It's going to be a good night. Um, hashtag chili flights. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> is that we're, doing? we're doing the chili flight? I mean, unless you have a flight, how are you going to know which chili is your favorite? Fair, Fair enough. I mean... So it should be fun. It's going to be a really good time. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not going to reveal who the guest judges are going to be,
0: um, but it yeah. Should. You're not even telling me, which I feel like kind of gives you an unfair advantage. How so? Well, you know who the judges are, so so you can like you can craft your chili knowing what they're into because everybody likes to you know chili you like everything else is it's very subjective. I have you know.
1: no idea what the judges' preferences and are. And you that expect me,
0: hashtag fake news? You expect me to believe that? <laughs> Sad. <laughs> the lengths you will go to. All right, all right. You're like the Hillary Clinton and DNC of Chile. I, I don't know. You're what rigging that means. the game. I Don't know what that means. Against the upstart Bernie no. Sanders of Chile no. over here. No.
1: No. What? No. All right. Can't, can't I be the, the libertarian of the, the chili
0: competition? <laughs> well, well, you won't win. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, <laughs> no. third party chili.
1: That's going to be the name of Mike
0: concoction. We'll do rank, ranked chili. choice voting chili. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Don't, that's going to be a lot of fun. Don't I'm, let politics ruin this, too. That's true. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, that's on me.
1: <laughs> well, we've got a, a really fun show uh, stacked up here for you on deck. We've got uh, Nick from Summit, and we've got Nico from Fair State. How are you guys doing? Hit the on button and say hello.
0: There you go.
2: Hey, how's it going? Good. This is Good. Nick from Summit. Nico,
1: what's happening? Not
2: much. Good.
3: Happy to be here. Yeah, man.
1: We uh we just kind of threw this together. Uh, as as always, a ton of planning went into the beer cast today. I was uh out at the community hops garden uh, this weekend, had a little homebrew competition, and Nika was there. Like, hey man, this this beer you've got is fantastic. Would you come on the, the beer cast and and talk about it? He's like yeah, I got nothing else to do. So here he is.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> an accurate representation of my life. Yeah. I'm just kicking around.
1: Why don't you uh toss me one of those cans and talk about the beer a little bit?
3: So the beer in question here today is uh Giants Bane, which just came out last week. Um Ooh, that was a good that, right right in the mic. Like open that. noise. Yeah. Um can you Cut that on the button bar, maybe. <laughs> this beer. So uh, we did a uh, test batch of this beer last year in the tap room. Um, we really liked it. Everybody really liked it. It kind of hit some of the some of the high points that we that we wanted to with a stout. So we thought we'd bring it back this year and put it in cans. Um, it is. We're calling it a double stout because it's kind of it's like one up on a uh, your classic foreign export stout and mm-hmm. and one down on your your classic Russian imperial stout. Mm-hmm. So the game is with this beer it's 8% alcohol um and it's basically a showcase for all of the malts that we really like to use in dark beers so if you look at our our dark beer recipes they tend to feature a few things brown malt a lot of brown malt um a few different roasted malts uh double roasted crystal oats uh and then some good high quality paleo malts and so this is like you know a, a recipe that served us very well and this is i think a one of our favorite permutations of it
1: no, I, I think that this uh this beer is fantastic. I uh when we were out uh at the garden uh, drinking the the home brews I'm like, man, I I home brew is great and all, uh but uh I'm gonna, I'm going to have a couple more of these uh Giant's
3: <laughs> It was stout weather that day too, so that didn't hurt. Yeah, it
1: was it was a little little brisk that day. Where did the the name come from?
3: Um well, I mean, I don't know much we can talk about it without me getting sued. Uh, We'll talk um, in generality. It it, it relates to a certain uh, premium cable television show that that, uh, your listeners may or may not have seen. Um, Yeah. There's a fancy chair, which people are vying for. Oh, Um, But it doesn't look very comfortable, frankly.
1: Oh. See, I watch House of Cards, and that's about as as deep into the... uh, Not no more, but we won't talk about that. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Right? No more
0: Kevin You used to watch House of Cards. I used to watch House
1: of Cards. (laughs) I'm being totally facetious. I've never
0: seen an episode of that. I haven't either. And uh, I've been told I should, but... Right now it's kind of now it's tainted. It was on the list of things to watch. No, not no, so much. Maybe, maybe go ahead and give that a miss. <laughs> but I no, dig the name, and I'm looking forward to uh, to trying the brew. I'm going to pop in there and get me some here. And just yeah,
3: good. It. I got one more ob- unopened one, All and right. uh, unfortunately, you can't see it because we're on the radio. But one of our favorite things about this beer is the can. Um, the only thing that we missed out on was getting a palette of black lids with back black pull tabs. That would have really completed the look.
1: Well, we but, are going to put uh, we'll put a picture up on the webpage, page, Beercast dot com, and take a look at it. But uh,
3: I've been referring to it as the Batmobile can. It's sweet. <laughs> it's it's very subdued. Um, so it's just
1: kind of like a Matt flat black. black. Yeah. You know, like if you uh, if you took the uh, the plastic and sprayed your your car to you know cover up your your crappy hubcaps, you get the flat black. That looks kind of like that. Um, but much much sharper.
3: I, That's I more or I less think. our aesthetic. <laughs> 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 to spray paint everything black. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> but it, it goes well with the the identity of the beer, and uh, and I, I love it. I dig it. How long is this beer going to be around for?
3: Um, we're planning on it being around through January, mm-hmm. um, and we'll see we'll see how it tapers off in February. Uh, we're gonna divert some of it to some whiskey barrels as well. So there you go. Yes. Nice. That'll be next year.
1: Right. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see this uh, this beer lending itself to a barrel, very very well. It's got a bit of that uh, that higher alcohol content. Um, it's got some of that nice body. Uh, it's got kind of little chocolate, little little coffee. I-, I dig it. I like it a lot. How do you develop a recipe like this?
3: Um, that's a really good question. This one is kind of a multi part. Uh, process, Um, you know, way back before we opened, um, when I was still brewing in Texas, we were kind of kicking around ideas for what beers we were going to make, I know, if we actually got the damn thing up and running. Um, And I have told a few people this, but one of the funny things about starting a brewery is that you get so... So obsessed with the, like, how are we going to pass this inspection? You know, is that FRP glued to that wall well enough? Like, just the the, the literal nuts and bolts of the thing that mm-hmm. you could, like, the beer, you know, the day you get you get passed, you're like, okay, we can brew now. You're like, oh, boy. All right. So what are we doing here? But um, one of the recipes that we spent an awful long time on but never actually made the beer was a very low ABV stout. Um, it was going to be, like, sub 4%. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe it or not, this recipe actually stems from that recipe. So that was an awful lot of test batching with specialty malts to kind of see how we could build build flavors that we wanted into a beer that small uh, and still have it come off the way that we wanted to without it being super-duper sweet and just under-attenuated. So a lot of the lessons that we learned from making that tiny beer actually have been applied to making this somewhat large beer.
1: So how does how does one get from the tiny beer to the large beer? Is it just something that you feel those flavors are going to be better represented in in larger beer like this, or is it just more for market demand, or what kind of research and, and process goes into Journey from A to B?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, 3.8% alcohol beer does not sell super well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that was the only reason that we made, we decided to make this beer 8%. There's a lot of ground between 3.8 and 8.0. got to brew a beer people want to buy. Well, I mean, yeah, that's always part of the equation in any beer. Um, there are some beers that we make that are... Um, that that we say, okay, well we're just gonna make the beer exactly the way that we want it and it doesn't matter if nobody buys it. But those <laughs> need to be low volume beers. Right. And we know that. Um but yeah, a lot of the beers that we make are, you know, in that four to five percent alcohol range and they really, really lean on balance and uh and and sort of delicate things. And this is a it was a nice opportunity to step outside that that norm, not because not solely because we thought the market was demanding it, but because it was something that, that felt like a good way to stretch our legs a little bit. Too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like it it rounds out your portfolio pretty well. If you guys are are missing that bigger, darker uh, component to the, the beers you provide, now is a good time to yeah. to bring that in, right?
3: Right, and we've done higher alcohol like black saisons that you know, and we do we do an imperial stout every year that I can never really bring myself to make like a straight up imperial stout. There's always something weird about it. And so this is like a nice I, – I really actually like drinking high-alcohol stouts. Mm-hmm. Like no, like this is a very strange thing for me to say, um, but but I do. Uh, and so, you know, it was nice to make one that was kind of like just this is the best version of this beer that we can make without any fooling around.
1: Very good. Well, we are coming up on a break. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast. Uh, we'll be back after this with Nico from Fair State and Nick from Summit. Uh, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, Twin Cities News Talk.
0: Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. I do want to remind you the best way to listen to the show if you're not listening to it live on the air is through the uh, free and easy to download iHeartRadio app. We've got a dedicated channel in there. Uh, the, just search Minnesota BeerCast. You'll find all of our episodes up there. They uh, they get posted up there immediately immediately uh when they're posted you don't have to wait for them to populate out to other platforms or anything like that we are available on all the platforms but check out the iHeartRadio app it's uh, it's free it's easy to download and it is the best way to get the Minnesota Beercast and all the great shows right here on Twin Cities News Talk yeah and i just want to throw it out there uh, you know if you guys
1: have thoughts ideas commentary criticism uh, go ahead and, and find us on social media. Uh, hit up the uh, the website minnesotabeercast dot com. Uh, let us know if you have uh,
0: feedback, ideas for guests, ideas for topics. Live broadcasts, live broadcasts, yeah. uh,
1: chili throwdowns. Oh, we got that one
0: covered. We've been known to uh, to take the show on the road. It happens. We do. We do enjoy visiting all the uh, all the tap rooms and, and and cocktail rooms. And we're we're doing for more cocktails. I think. Yeah, we yeah we, uh, we we haven't done a cocktail show in a while. It's a uh... Yeah, let's make that happen. All right, I'm on it. And then another uh, cigar show, and then another cheese show. Let's, let's 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 end people the year. We catch- need help on. with any of those. Yeah, I was so say, <laughs> especially, yeah, yeah. People are going to catch on that we're just doing this to get cigars, cheese, beer, and, and cocktails. I don't think we've hid that oh. at any point. I think people pretty well
1: get the idea. I thought we were more subtle. <laughs> not not our specialty. Uh, we are joined by uh, Nico from Fair State and Nick from Summit Brewing. We uh, we just got done talking about uh, the fantastic Giants band.
0: It is fantastic, uh, by the way. I, I had a
2: Quick question about that one. Mm-hmm. Is it is that a year-round beer? Or is that a once-a-year seasonal? seasonal? Seasonal.
3: Yeah, so it came out last week. It should be out through end of January. Awesome. So, Nico, how did you get your start uh, in the, the brewing world? So uh, I'm kind of like a classic craft beer story. Um, I was a home brewer um, who became more interested in home brewing than uh, the things that, should have been providing me with like, you know, wealth and <laughs> viable. Income, right? Yeah, and none of that stuff worked out. <laughs> so um I lived I was living here. I moved to Austin, Texas to go to grad school. Um and uh I was in a PhD program, saw the the writing on the wall, finished with my master's degree. You know, there's no way I was going to be a professor. It just wasn't gonna happen. Um and um I just started working in breweries. I, I was I basically just cold called every brewery in the state of Texas. Um, or everyone that I could find a phone number for, and uh, ended up getting an internship with uh, Southern Star, which is just north of Houston. Um, and there, it was a, a fantastic place to be and a fantastic time to be there. Learned a lot about beer. Um, turned that into another unpaid gig at, uh, Jester King right when they opened outside Austin, and then was lucky enough, uh, to turn that into a paying gig at Live Oak Brewing Company in Austin. So I worked there for, um, I don't know, it was between two and three years, somewhere between two and three years. And then uh was convinced to move back to Minnesota to start a cooperative the brewery. Um and in the interim worked at uh Social Cider for almost a year or so before we got started up.
1: So did you know the guys at uh, at Fair State before you moved back or is this sort yeah. like an existing relationship? Yeah,
3: yeah, like? yeah. So the three of us that started, it was me, Matt, and Evan. Um Evan and I went to college together, uh and we knew Matt who so we went to Carlton, Matt went to Mac. Um uh you know liberal liberal arts mm-hmm. uh and uh, we all played club rugby uh so we knew matt from from uh drinking beers uh after games at uh, at carlton uh we set the what i'm pretty sure is still the land speed record for dispensing a half barrel keg without <laughs> uh pressurized gas um you know <laughs> Just pump as fast as you can. and See how long it takes to enter the keg. It's, it's some, I think it's somewhere between twenty five and thirty minutes. People can challenge me on that if they want.
1: <laughs> Very nice. So how how do you make that that jump? Are you you know you mentioned unpaid internships? Uh, do you, are you doing that for three months? Are you doing that for three years? What's the space of time where you're where you're really entering that that apprentice stage of of the game?
3: You know, this is actually something I feel pretty strongly about, and I think it's a thing that needs to really change about craft beer. Um, and I think there are some, some, some programs, uh, that are trying to do their best to change this, uh. We, we at Fair State and me personally, and it has nothing to do with me having had a bad experience, I had a great experience, mm-hmm. but um, we're, we're pretty adamantly against the whole unpaid labor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if it's formalized uh, and you're working towards a degree and you're getting credit for something, that right. I'm all about having interns. Right. But I think one of the problems with craft beer is that we expect people to do it purely for passion mm-hmm. and uh, not because it's a viable thing they can do to support themselves and their families, uh, which is deeply unfortunate. Uh, Because I think if this business wants to keep uh, growing and maturing uh, as an industry, we need to figure out a way that people can do this uh, and not just do it till they burn out and and find another job somewhere
1: else. And it just seems like the wrong thing to do. Totally. Whether it's It's illegal, there's that. Well, there's that. Good point. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But but I mean, just in in the term of of cosmic karma, right, somebody is is really attached to the, the mystique that surrounds craft beer um you know they want to volunteer they want to help support their local brewery um they they love the product happening at, at summit or fair state or any of the great breweries around town and so they want to help support that product right they want to volunteer maybe give some tours they want to uh, help pour at festivals you might be hosting um, whatever else they can do to help out because they love it and, and they might get some some free beer out of the the, the equation too right but on on the converse is that right for a brewery to to say hey people really dig this what we're into and what we're doing and what what, what we can provide let's let's take advantage of that for maybe lack of a better term and no, i think put that's put them to
2: use i think that's a perfect term to use just taking advantage um like i know back <clears throat> before the the taproom passed uh summit was all volunteer for the tour program Mm -hmm. and like they would get free cases of beer to tour and they were required to do like one tour a month or something along the lines of that. And then when the tap room opened up, they're like, well, we can't continue to do the volunteer thing. Like in that, in that area they were doing, it was volunteer. And then you, then things got monetized, right? You had benefit of getting free beer, but then as the tap room opened up, they're like, well, we can't keep doing two streams of, Volunteer employee versus paid. So, all the taproom staff are paid at this point. And Mm -hmm. I think there's, I just have heard through people, other places that people kind of expect to get free labor out of like people's love of a specific brewery. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like, you can throw them a bone. Like, the fact that you're just kind of preying on people's like love of your product. Yeah. Yeah, it, despite it's, un, the fact, it's unfortunate, it, just, despite
1: the fact that we decided it, it was illegal. That, it, it,
2: that, it, well, I mean, do it, it does of kind of start things, and yeah. end there, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's illegal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, we were talking a lot after the whole illegal, right? But it just stopped. But
1: it, it, it's gotta. I mean, it's it's gotta be difficult as uh, a small business owner, as as uh, an industry where you're very cash strapped right it's very yeah. cash intensive to start a brewery and so when people say i love what you do i love your product i want to support you in any way that i can and and to say you know what i don't want all this free support you're going to give me i'd i'd rather pay you that's got to be that's got to be a tough pill to swallow yeah
3: it's almost impossible and, right? and you know i mean there are definitely times where we, we tip we dipped our toe into that Mm-hmm. Um the, the best example I have that I can say because he's my brother is my brother Charlie who runs our tap room now. He was an unemployed employee for the first couple of weeks, but he was living at my house for free, so I felt okay about it. Um <laughs> but the best story was I I gave him like two cases of lemons and I said here squeeze all these lemons. And uh yeah, so that was you know. So so I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not perfect, but um but I think that we part of the reason that we decided to start a cooperative own brewery was that when we were homebrewers, we um me, Matt and Evan, uh when we were homebrewers, um had a really hard time trying to figure out how to get another toe into the industry, you know. There's so many people that want to even work for free that you, you can't even do that. Mm-hmm. And so part of the idea for doing a cooperative was to give people, if not, you know, the opportunity to work in the brewery directly, at least to have a voice in, in how, a, how a company functions and, you know, what direction it takes.
1: Well, it's been a while since we've had you guys on. Why don't you take a minute or two to explain a cooperative brewery and, and how that works?
0: Well, Let's let's take a quick break. Okay. We are we are coming up on a break, and that is a uh, that is a question that probably will have a bit of a long answer. So let's let's tease the answer to that question on the other side. More coming up with Fair State and Summit on the Minnesota Beer Cast.
2: Get down, get down, get down,
0: get down, get down, get down, get down. Schmidt in there shaking his head at my bumper music selection. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast. I, I don't disapprove. I just thought we were going with a Cypress Hill theme this. Oh week. no, I'm sorry. I thought you just wanted a Cypress Hill bumper. I I, <laughs> I apologize for misunderstanding. I didn't know you wanted a whole themed show. Did someone from Cypress Hill die or something? Is no, that, I just oh, like please Cypress don't know. Hill. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, please no. No, I just like Cypress Hill. Yeah. Well, much like with the uh, chili throwdown happening on November 10th, you lose this battle as well. Oh, oh, bold talk, sir. (laughs) Bold talk. We shall see. I am am really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a a blast. Um, And actually, I'll I'll extend the invitation on air. Uh, Nick and Nico, if you guys are available, I think we have a couple of slots still open. If you guys want to bring a chili... Let me
0: let me know. Talk it's got to be
2: When is this taking place again? Next Friday.
0: November 10th, Friday night at uh, Bauhaus Brew Labs. The only uh, the only contingency is if you are uh, participating from a brewery, the chili has to be uh, has to include your uh, a beer in it from
3: your from your place of uh, work. I was going to say what is there like a uh, maybe just like a beer category? It's not gonna, you know, you won't like. Maybe you'll just get drunk instead of, uh, you know. It's all about it. It's all of your, your category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. honestly, cool.
2: Yeah. Well, that guy will bring, bring quote for unquote getting. chili.
1: All right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we when we left the uh, the break, we were teasing uh, Nico's answer about what exactly, what the hell is a cooperative brewery?
3: This is a great question. Um, so the, the, the elevator speech short answer is that it's a consumer cooperative. So it functions a lot like your, your average cooperative grocery store or REI, um, or other, you know, consumer cooperatives that you, that you may have heard of or, or actually be a part of, um, I almost had to use the burp button there, <laughs> but I made it work. Uh, yeah, so effectively what it means is that uh, anybody can walk in off the street, provided they are of legal drinking age, and buy a share in the company. So it's it's uh, it's categorically different than your average Kickstarter. Uh, what it means is that a, a single membership, uh, which is 200 bucks, basically gets you uh, a bunch of day-to-day dividends, but it also actually buys a share in the company. So we have a board of directors that is elected from the membership, uh, and so as a member, you are you're able to vote in the election for that board of directors. You are actually also able to stand for election to be to run to be one of those people on the board. Uh, and so kind of the idea when we started it out was was, you know, it had a lot of high minded ideals about uh, democratizing corporate governance, uh, right. which we don't have enough time to talk about it right now. But uh, but also it w- really felt like a good way to try to get people involved in the brewery. So we have about eleven hundred member owners right now. Uh, And we we do the best that we can uh, to incorporate their feedback into what we do uh, whenever and wherever possible. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about brand buy-in, right? You guys legitimately have
1: brand buy-in.
3: So yes, people can take part in the company. Th- th- those people trusted us with, with their money, which yeah, which is amazing, and I'm so happy they did it. There <laughs> were about 250 people that gave us gave us that money before we even opened, and those people are my heroes. You, they they trust me more than I trust myself. <laughs> you must have told them about Giants Bane. Yeah, yeah. guess what, guys? Three years I got from this now,
1: idea. yeah. <laughs> you've uh, you've got another beer. Uh, just came out uh if it's out uh now as people are listening do not yeah. you do not you run us through this beer you told me the name of the beer before we started and I yeah. still can't pronounce
3: it's it it's all right so it's uh it's doctor spaceman uh also known as doctor spaceman. spaceman for spaceman yeah for if if you're tracy jordan it's doctor spaceman and and more often than not i feel like tracy jordan so um <laughs> so uh the name the name is is immaterial uh this is a it's a uh double dry hopped uh hazy pale ale thing that we did in collaboration with Threes Brewing in Brooklyn, New York, mm. um, who are good friends of ours. They've been nice enough to have us out to New York a couple times to brew some beers out there. Finally got to brew one here. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's you it's, guys are uh, big on
1: collaborations.
3: I love collaborations. Super fun. Um, and especially when you have other brewers on staff like we do now, you can basically come in, mash in, take your pictures, come back, take a picture of you dropping hops in the kettle, and then just go get tasted. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, yeah that's with what it's all about. Counts as a collaboration. Yep. I um, put a hop in. So, the, yeah, exactly. One hop. So this, this beer I'm actually pretty excited about. I was uh, on the break. I was, I was talking about it a little bit. This is made with a Norwegian farmhouse yeast, which is legitimately one of the strangest yeasts I've ever I've ever encountered. Uh. Kudos to the Dangerous Man for turning me onto it. Um, it's John Line gang. Um Basically, uh, the deal with this yeast is it's not to get too nerdy, but it's P.O.F. negative. It does not make phenolic off flavors. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, at least you know, in the same way that a um, like you know, double O one or whatever doesn't. Ex- explain that for the layperson. Okay, so there are um, think of the difference between like your average pale ale and say a half of Isonora saison. Uh, a lot of that um kind of like spicy in the case of of um the wheat beers it might be like a clove thing or or uh just like a general spice or kind of um anise. Character maybe with some some saisons. We can talk about phenols here in a minute. We can talk about some Belgian beers. Whoop, whoop. Um, so certain yeasts are are, are uh, POF positive and and certain are POF of negative. And and what's interesting about this yeast is that it's quote unquote a farmhouse yeast, meaning that it's uh, people in the wilds of Norway use it to like make you know weird homebrew in their backyards. Right. Um, and it ferments. Uh, generally speaking, this yeast likes to ferment between ninety and a hundred degrees Fahrenheit which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's a hot beer. Very hot beer. And and an oddly clean fermentation profile. And it ferments... The, it's the fastest fermenter I've ever seen. This beer was terminal, no noticeable diacetyl at 36 hours. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, which is bananas. Uh, but without the bananas. Without the rain. Uh, ah, yeah,
1: that's a brewing joke.
3: That's an oh. ester. Damn it. I messed up. That's an ester. Um, so, anyway, but the, yeah, the, the beer itself is super happy. Uh, it's, it's, it borders for me on too happy. It's it's uh, Idaho 7 and Mosaic, uh, double dry hopped, um, you know, one of these ridiculous five, six pounds of hops per barrel beers. This is a taproom only beer for us. Uh, we have a very limited amount of off sale. Um, actually, you know, shameless plug for being a, a member owner of Fair State Cooperative. Um, you get access to to beers like this we did a, a two weekends of pre-release for this beer that both sold out in less than five hours so there's very very little um beer that's uh going off sale uh, to the general public um but we're gonna we're gonna keep doing stuff like this and we're we're excited about it we're new to the Hayes game, and we're trying to figure out ways that we can do it and still feel good about ourselves. <laughs> uh, we're going to get there, damn it.
1: It's like cheering for the Patriots.
3: Ow, oh, damn it. I'm from New England. <laughs> oh.
1: so, so, Nick, when, is, uh, when can we expect your uh, Northeast uh, IPA to come out?
2: I personally am not going to make one, but I've been wanting to make a Northeast. Is it Northeast or New England? I don't
3: know. It's it's. I've heard we both. just call it hazy at this point. Right. It's like, uh, hazy orange. We call it hazy. I want make We a, call it the haze bro. <laughs> I want to make a hazy
2: German beer called Gluten Tog uh,
3: I'm in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hazy as possible. Oh, as much glu- just dumping bags of extra, extra it, gluten into the just yeah. Uh. The, the hazy IPA is
1: is a, is a point of contention. It it feels to me like what the the response I get from from brewers is that. I don't want to like this, but everybody likes it, so I've got to make it. Is that is that an accurate representation as as gentlemen who brew
3: beer for a living? Is that Nick? You want to take this one first? I have my own thoughts about this, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can step in. You can collect. Your I'm, money. Okay. Like, I'm trying to find a, 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 a thing many... about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a thought on this topic, which is a very touchy topic. Oh, just just speak the truth, Nick. I feel like you can get flavors without getting the haze in there. So is the haze a gimmick? Yeah. Nico's
0: shaking his head yes. To a, to does, a does, certain well, extent, me, the haze let me, is, is me, a gimmick. Yeah. Let me rephrase that question. Does the haze add anything?
3: Yeah, so we're so so we're, we're, we're in the midst of, of trials to, to try to determine whether or not the haze adds anything. Um, but there's expectation, right? There are... I, th- I think it's
0: a texture,
3: honestly. Yeah, we, just, we drink with our noses, with our eyes, and with our mouths, too. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think, yeah.
0: From someone who enjoys, you know, the, the 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 northeast style IPAs that I've had, and I think they taste good. Um, I, I for me, I think it it comes down to more of a texture than a flavor. Like it adds a a creaminess, but you can have body the... without haze.
2: This is right? true. And there's a lot of breweries out there making these things where they're adding like flour meal to right. the louder just to
1: just
3: that get that, that a haze, haziness cloud. to it. Right. Which that's cheating, that's a no no, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah,
2: I hear those stories and it makes me cringe. It's like, because uh, <laughs> you
1: should, if, if you're making it correctly, if there is a correct way to make it, that that haze should come from the, the incredible hopping process right towards the end of, of the process. Is that correct?
3: Well, and this is what we've noticed actually now that we've done it a couple times. So, mm-hmm. Spirit Fowl, our, our modern times collab, uh, and now this beer, um, is that we don't. Uh, you know, before we got into this whole thing, I was adamantly opposed to it because um, it does seem like a gimmick. I mean, it it, it totally seems like a gimmick. Uh, but you know, especially when you're double dry hopping things, um, it just seems like the I don't know. You, you get technical about it, but you know, high high protein loads from the malt bill, and then we're we're slamming just inordinate amount of hops into the fermenters, and you get this this polyphenol haze that that seems to be actually way more stable than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. i just sort of assumed that we would we would package this beer and then three weeks later you know we'd have it to all we'd out. have to recall it and, right. and destroy it all um but you know if if you can actually get the the yeast out of suspension um it seems to be more or less a fairly stable haze and so so i think we're trying to chase it down from a process standpoint like what are the good things about this and what are the bad things there are there are these tenets about northeast ipa that i don't agree with that it should be undercarbonated that it should be really sweet these are those are those are things i don't like right in in beer generally but especially not in hoppy beer and so we've just rejected those out of hand
1: yeah and in i'm assuming that that that's the the guideline you follow with this beer cuz i don't think that it's overly sweet or no
3: this beer's or, pretty or, dry yeah, yeah. Like
1: i yeah. i i think this is fantastic i don't think i would care for it as much if it was you know had less carbonation or if it was sweeter than but this.
3: it's part of the juice thing you know if all you want is a glass of juice, you want it to be thick, pulpy. Well, juice doesn't have bubbles go, in it, man. Just go
2: come take on, a glass of juice. <laughs> if I wanted juice, I'd get juice. I thought I had this idea, <laughs> and, you, and whoever's listening can
3: steal this idea. Start a start a, a, a quote unquote brewery where all you do is you make the highest alcohol uh, beer you possibly can, and then you basically just blend it down with OJ and package it in cans. So it's essentially just like a alternative screwdriver. Alternative, like, like You're, you're going to be a millionaire.
1: The, the, <laughs> yeah, the the mimic mimosa, whatever you want to. Whatever you want to call it, I you know I'd try one. Yeah. Isn't Zima
0: a <laughs> alternative beverage? I don't. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> all right, we are up against a break. More on this scintillating Northeast IPA polarizing conversation. It's like pineapple <clears throat> on pizza. God, you got some strong opinions on all sides. Coming up on the Minnesota Beer Cast. Back to the Minnesota Beercast. I am Drew. That man over there is Schmitty. Hit us up on Twitter mn underscore beercast. Find us on Facebook. Search Minnesota Beercast on Facebook. Leave us some comments. Leave us some reviews. Tell, tell your, your friends. friends. Tell your friends about
1: the yeah. show. Yeah. You know, if you don't like the show, why are you listening? Just go ahead and tell them
0: you enjoy it. They and should, I know they should we, should have enjoy it a, too. we have a, we have a fair amount of listeners outside of the sort of the Twin Cities area and in, in, in Greater Minnesota and such. Uh, it's, contact your local radio station. Oh, there's See if they'd idea. like to uh, carry the Minnesota beer cast. Absolutely, it's much more fun that way. We're working on a couple of a couple of deals here. We may we may be expanding the reach of the show soon. And syndication, I believe, is what they call that. Yeah,
2: yeah. very good. Working on it. I mean, do what? we have to talk more? Can we listen to more some Earthwind Wind and Fire? That's uh, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
2: not gonna lie, I'm a little upset today. I really wanted to go to the Michael McDonald show tonight. What? Yeah, just go ahead and judge. But Michael McDonald Dude, uh, Dude's a musician.
1: Oh. I do believe I saw your, uh, your interest on Facebook, and I, I
2: judged. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> go ahead and judge. Just go ahead and judge. But you, I love smooch. Michael McDonald.
2: At least, yeah. I mean, at, at, at Did least we just you- become best friends? I think we just became best friends. <laughs> at least you guys own it, you know? <laughs> it,
1: it, guilty pleasure or not? We are literally, yeah, we're on the record. Yeah, yeah. You are who
2: you are. Nobody can change you. For the record.
1: <laughs> well, Nick, let's talk about your beer before the show ends. Sure. Want we got uh, two minutes. <laughs> Westy Seventh.
2: Yes, How'd sir. How'd you
1: avoid that lawsuit?
2: Um, What lawsuit?
1: <laughs> it just reminds me of a of another uh, uh, Belgian-inspired beer. I don't know. Well,
2: we all know that the naming <laughs> process for a beer is tricky tricky and yeah so good job <laughs> fantastic work don't let them get you down man no I'm this is trying beautiful to you, down.
1: you guys are great
2: um no it it my original idea for the unchained this time around got vetoed and it's the first idea that ever got vetoed oh, Did no. you want to brew it with gold or what happened no <laughs> saffron yeah no us. Uh, uh, former members
1: of Cyprus, are Hill? you allowed to talk about <laughs> it? Former members of Cypress
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, um, that's a collaboration. I would drink. <laughs> I <laughs>
2: drinking the bones of my enemies. Right? No, uh, I had an idea, and I'm keeping it. I'm just keep it because it's someday I, get, someday I might get. Someday I, I'm hoping that they'll let me make it. But <laughs> so we're just gonna leave it at that. However, oh, man, what a tease! Yeah, yeah. All, right. all right. So it was a. I had all my eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the deal. Is is
1: it's it's unchained brewers off the leash. You is the ingredient
2: is it the ingredient legal? Okay. Can we? Is the name okay? Like, and it just something doesn't an aspect of it didn't resonate and i respect that. And mm-hmm. That's it's like i get it. So we so it's, we ended up with Westy 7th instead. Yes, and it was a i had a week to come up with an idea because i was i was committed at that point to that Um like all my idea aspects were into that idea and then it was i thought i had to go ahead with it and then it it turned out it didn't. Right. And so it was like all right, we need your idea.
3: <laughs> what are well, you making? Got to like, come well, up with something. No.
2: My creativeness went into that one, but then I was like, "Well, what have it? What haven't I made?" And um, when it came to home brewing, I hadn't really ever made a Belgian beer, mm-hmm. and Belgian beers are a weird divide where it's you have like what? my original experience with Belgian beer were was totally the. Very banana-y, very clovey, very very bubblegummy mm-hmm. aspects of the beer, and that's a flavor profile I just I I don't enjoy at all. Okay. Just kinda, I'm kind of with it. you. I'm kind of with you. So like I don't I don't like Hefeweizens. I don't like. I'm I'm not a big fan of size. Uh, just, it's just that. I won't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you personally as a as a as a flavor thing,
1: and it's I'm just it's
2: something you. where like I'm very sensitive to those those flavors in a beer where it's like I just. It, it, it I pick it up and I don't enjoy it. So at one point, a friend of mine gave me a – I can't remember. For the life of me, I can't remember which one it was, but it was a more of the darker stone fruit style Belgian beer. And I was like, oh, this this is a Belgian beer too? And it kind of was – An enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. And so like from that point on, I was like kind of searched those out. And I think it was about five years ago at this point, um, West Vleteren did their first release in the States because they were trying to raise money to fix the roof of their uh, monastery. Has it only hurt. been five years? It, it's, it's probably it, close to that, I guess. Something something about that area. And I uh, was able to get a bottle of it. I was like, ah, why not? I got a little 12-ounce bottle of it. It was like 18 bucks for this little 12-ounce. I was like, yeah. I could pay 120 for the six pack. I'm going to stick with just this. <laughs> All you, I'm, I'm happy with just the one, and it was it was delicious. Yeah, and was it the Westie Twelve? Yeah, it was the Westie Twelve. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, the gray ghost of
1: the uh, the Westies, right? It's supposed to be among, if not the best beer in the world, right?
2: So. And so, yeah. Since then, I've like tried a lot of different Belgian dark. Beers, just just kind of see what the whole flavor profile is. Caught yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the burp bur- bur- button, people. Yeah, nice. The burp <laughs> button. Um, uh, but yeah, I just got this option. I was like, well, all right, I'm going to make a Belgian beer, uh, Belgian dark. I'm going to use uh, Belgian candy sir- syrup, which i had never made. I'd never used in a homebrew. I'd never brewed with it. I was like, well, this is an ingredient I'd like to try to use. And when it comes to the Unchains, they're like, yeah, just get whatever you want. Um, And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to this. And then so Damo, our head brewer, I was like, hey, uh, this is what the style I want to make. Can you get me samples of Belgian candy syrup? He said, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, okay, sweet. And I had no idea how many different types there were. And so like, we get this box in, and it's seven types of. <laughs> syrups so you and made then some pancakes the next day <laughs> <laughs> and then like a few days later we get another box there was like three or four more i was just like trying all these syrups and it's just it's just tongue it's just taste bud fatigue how much of that carries through in the, in the brewing process i mean it's it's sugar right how much of it's it sugar really... it depends it's it's a lot like malt where it de- or honey where it depends on the <clears throat> darkness level uh so you can have just very clear sugar Looks That's not just going like to carry much at all. Right? It looks like corn syrup. All it does is bump up the gravity, right? But then you get to these darker, processed these darker processed syrups, and they start to impart more flavors. Where you get like plum, fig, date. That's rum, where that dark rum. stone fruit yeah. kind of imparts itself. Part of it. Part beer. of it for the uh. It's so part of the flavor profile. This beer comes from the syrup, but then it also comes from some of the darker specialty malts that I use. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the
1: yeast, too, right? I mean, the yeast is kind of the, the magic component in, in a Belgian-style yeah.
2: beer. And I – so, yeah, there's – had the syrup, which bust, bumped up the gravity. I think it was – I got it to bump the gravity three degrees Play-Doh. So it went from about 14 degrees Plato in the mash itself to 17 so bump that up or 17 and a half, something like that. But then we had the malt, which I used uh, through BSG. I got some of their um, Simpsons Double Roasted Crystal, which mm. tried it in Havana, just like snack on it, just delicious. And it's their kind of specialty malt to kind of um, compete with, let's say, Dingman's Special B or uh, Wireman's Special W. Special
3: W. DRC oh. is actually the Crystal Malt in Giant's Bane.
2: Oh, that's what you yeah. use? Yeah.
3: Oh. Man, we are friends. This is cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just got a sample of that, and I was like, I really want to use this. And uh, BSC was like, yeah, we'll get you some. I'm like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and so when they, when they found out I was using it, it was happening during the uh, Drink Tech conference over in Germany. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Juno Choi. He's like, oh, wait, you're brewing today, and you're using that? I'm going to try to send somebody over there from the, and they really wanted to send someone over for the fact that we were brewing big batches using that. It didn't work out, but it's a delicious malt and I would use it again in a heartbeat. But so yeah, you had the syrup, the malts, the darker malts,
1: the yeast, of course, and then
2: the yeast, which was a whole thing. I was contacting a few people who work in the yeast industry and I was like, this is what I'm going for. I want to make a Belgian style beer, but I hate banana and clove profiles. (laughs) What can you tell me about using this yeast? And it came down to, so there's part of it is the mash profile where you change the temperature of what you mash in at Mm -hmm. and you change that. You can either create precursors for those banana profiles or you can create, you don't make those and it, Helps later on. And then when you get the mash or when you get the wort into a tank with the yeast, it all depends on uh, temperature, for, fermentation temperature. temperatures. And so I did a, a low starting temp and slowly controlled my um, progress through the fermentation. So I raised it a degree, a degree Celsius a day and just I didn't let it get too high because when you get Really high fermentation temperatures with that sort of yeast, you get the really so, strong fusel alcohols, and yeah. that's when you also get the clove and banana profiles. And I was like, I want to
0: avoid that so
2: hard. <laughs> well, so <laughs> it's, it's a delicious it's beer. <laughs> got a real, real fig, date, raisin deliciousness going on. And That sounds happy really with good. It. I've consumed now. an entire one. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go find it in stores, uh,
2: Nick. Congratulations yeah, on 7th. your seventh. That's the other thing is like I wanted to play on the name summits in the west st paul or west seventh neighborhood of st paul absolutely and then the beer nerds would get the westy reference and just i was like i'm having fun with this name which has actually come back to haunt me because some people are like, oh, oh I don't want it because you named it that.
0: Oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. <laughs> we will see you next time. We'll see you next week at Bauhaus for the Chili Throwdown. Yeah, be there or you're going to miss out on the best chili in With the Twin Cities. Chili trucks. flights, Bye. See ya. too much. Vodka puts my mouth in gear.
2: This little
1: refrain.